There's power in the name of Jesus. There really is. Remember in the book of Acts, Peter and John said to the lame man, the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he rose up and he walked. And uh, there is power in the name of Jesus even today. Uh, when we speak of him, it's amazing what God will do. Uh, it's a very beautiful song, and we appreciate it very much. If you have your Bibles with you, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Seth, could you get these lights on up here, please? Thank you. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, because we are uh, starting out a new year, uh, I thought it would be good for us to think about some of the things that God has said in his word with regards to time. Uh, probably we think of time a little bit more uh, when we change the calendar and we go to a new year, 2019 to 2020. And um, I, I heard someone say uh, recently, you know, we changed the calendar, but our God doesn't change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's going to be faithful to us. And I think when we look at these um, passages of scripture on the subject of uh, time, uh, we will be encouraged to know that just as the Lord was with us in 2019, uh, he's totally in charge of all things ultimately, and so he is going to be with us in 2020. Uh, we're going to look at some of the great, what I call, time passages in the Word of God. And the, the first two we'll look at, and we'll look at them again, but it's uh, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Uh, and uh, most newer translations translate it, Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Now, I um, have used for many years the uh, King James translation, and now I use the New King James translation. I have people from time to time ask me, what translation do you use? I'm not opposed to other translations. Uh, I was raised on the old King James, and uh, I got the New King James, so um, the terminology is definitely a little bit more updated. It doesn't say thee and thou. It says you and you. <laughs> but um, the interest, yeah, or whatever. And uh, the interesting thing is in most of the modern translations, they translate 516, making the most of every opportunity. But, you know, I was raised reading Redeeming the Time. Now, I know why they translated it that way. I know why they translated it, making the most of every opportunity. But if you want a word-for-word -word translation, and by the way, I think everybody should own a word-for-word -word translation as well as uh, one of the modern English translations. That's just my personal opinion, especially if it's a paraphrase. I think it's real good to own a word-for-word -word translation of the Scriptures. But the uh, New King James uh, translates it, redeeming the time. And I checked it out. And uh, the idea of redemption, and the Greek word is ex agorazo, um, means to buy out of. In fact, we've been redeemed. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we were bought out of the slave market of sin, and we've been placed in the kingdom of God's dear Son. We're no longer slaves to sin. Uh, sometimes we may struggle with sin, 
But we're not slaves to sin once we trust Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. We'll celebrate that at the table. So now uh, the writer of uh, Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, says uh, we are to be redeeming the time. In other words, uh, we're to take control of time. We're to um, pay what's necessary to use time wisely, if I could say it that way, with regards to redeeming the time. You know what he means. He means take, make good use of time. And I think when we go into a new year, we have to be careful we don't quote Waste time. Now, it doesn't mean God doesn't want us to have time off, to enjoy things, to have entertainment, to have vacations. It's not, we're not saying that at all. God wants us to um, richly enjoy the things that he has given to us, as he said in Timothy's letter. However, um, we are to be careful how we use time, and we'll see that as we go through these truths this morning. Now, the first Actually, it's going to be the second great time passage. Uh, and there's a study sheet that was in your bulletin, if you have them. We'll basically be looking at that. Um, is Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. And I put this one right at the beginning so that you could be encouraged. It says, as your days, so shall your strength be. What a promise from the Lord. And in fact, you, you want to relate it to as believers now. As believers, you want to relate it to the fact that God does have plans and goals for our lives. And he is saying, as your days, as you are involved in doing what you know God wants you to do in his will and plan and purpose, he's going to give you the strength to do it. For every day, 365 days this coming year, you can count on the fact that the strength that God wants you to have to do what he wants you to do will be there. This, this promise uh, should sustain all of us when we wake up in the morning, when we go to bed at night. In fact, uh, I do like the uh, NIV translation of this. It says, your strength will equal your days. Now, this is not to say that sometimes Christians can get out of the will of God. Uh, they can get over where they start neglecting the Lord and maybe even fall into sin. Well, will God give strength? Yeah, he'll give us strength when we repent and turn to him. Uh, the word of God is very clear, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And you can have real confidence that the strength that you need is going to be there, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment too. When you start the day with the Lord, and you say, Lord, I, I have responsibilities today. I have things that I need to do. I have things that you want me to do. And so... Would you be pleased to give me the strength for the day? You say, well, the promise is that he'll give it. Yes, it is. But we can't neglect God and then expect him to automatically just drop on us, especially if we're out of fellowship with the Lord, the strength that we need. The Lord does promise strength for each day, and that's very clear. And you could say, well, what kind of strength? Well... I believe it's the inner strength, the spiritual strength that we need. Some days we may feel uh, physically weak. But whatever God has in mind for us, whatever his will and plan is for us, that strength is going to be there, okay, for what he wants us to do if we are in fellowship with him. So uh, as we wait upon the Lord, our strength is renewed. You know, it's interesting, um, th th this verse is very powerful, and I'm going to look at it again. Uh, As your days, so shall your strength be. 
we uh, typically measure our lives in terms of years. But in this instance, in a number of places, God measures our time here in terms of days. In terms of days. Now, we're going to look at a passage where it is talking about the years that God gives to us. But be thinking in terms of the fact that each day, God desires to bless our lives and give us the strength that we need. That's what this verse is saying. In fact, uh, Lamentations chapter 3 tells us, don't miss this. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning there's, there's new blessing from God upon our lives as his children. Um, this is why God doesn't want us to be pessimistic. You know, we can fall into that trap. We can look at the news and see things that are happening, things that we don't like to see, and, and it's easy to fall into the trap of becoming, well, discouraged and uh, negative towards future things. Listen, if anything from this study of um, time in the Bible I found is that realize, and we're going to end with this verse, by the way, and you'll jot it down. Our times are in his hands. He's in sovereign control. And uh, we are blessed as his people. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations chapter 3. What a, what a passage of scripture. There's another passage of scripture <clears throat> that I like to think of in terms of when someone is experiencing physical need. And from time to time, we've all had physical needs, even if it's the, quote, common cold. I have a little saying when somebody says, pray for me, I got a cold. I says, I'll pray for you, and I'll pray for those who are doing research. Because we can put a man on the moon, but we can't get rid of the common cold. That's how I really look at a common cold. They're no fun. But here's the point, though. <clears throat> it says in... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, even though our outward man is perishing, even though we are getting older from time to time, and you, you put a time frame on that when you want to say older, even though our outward man is perishing, we don't have the strength that we had when we were younger. The beauty of that verse is that the inner man is renewed day by day. You see, every day. God is pleased. If we'll stay in fellowship with him, he is pleased to renew our strength every day. That's 2 Corinthians 4.16 if you want to jot it down. I've used that um, verse at funeral services. I remember a lady in New York. Knew her, well, we knew her very well in her family. And uh, she was strong, but she got cancer. And she got weaker and weaker. But her testimony got stronger and stronger. And her family, uh, they were not, her family wasn't in despair because she said, well, you know, I didn't anticipate the time, but I'm going to be with my Lord. And so we use that verse because um, Shirley, her name was Shirley, she uh, did become weaker and weaker, but she became stronger and stronger spiritually. And she literally, we watched her strengthen her family. Don't be in despair. I'm going to see my Lord and God's going to be with you after I leave. So beautiful. So beautiful. The next verse is uh, uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, where the psalmist said, In a number of years I have 
taken that whole psalm and used it on the first Sunday of the month. But I just picked this verse out. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. <clears throat> now, when you look at these various verses, you see this, some things pull together in Scripture. And one of the things that pulls together in Scripture is the fact both Old Testament and New Testament, it talks about having wisdom. And a wise person is someone who watches what they do, watches their time. Um, it, I, again, I'm not saying there isn't time for time off and enjoying entertainment and fun things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we need to be careful we don't waste time and put an overemphasis on something that may not be really edifying or helpful to us. The psalmist said, So Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12. And in that psalm, he does two things. He talks about the eternality of God, the fact that God has always existed, or the brevity of the life of man. In fact, what he is doing in the psalm, he's saying, I want you to remember that your life here is brief. We don't normally think about that. Uh, in fact, in the psalm he talks about in verse 10, he, Psalm 90, verse 10, he says, the days, of our year, uh, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they're 80 years, boy, pray for me, I'm getting close. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. The reason he says that is because of the brevity of life. And so again, here's the wisdom aspect. So teach us to number our days that we may apply or we may grow in wisdom. <clears throat> you know, it's amazing how the Lord blesses our lives. We're blessed being here today with one another. Uh, we have a, a lady who has been in our fellowship and has been going for quite a while. She's 103, Doris Leach. She lives right here in Louisville. Uh, Doris Allen, who just went home to be with the Lord, was 97. But Doris Leach, who's 103, um, she still does her crossword puzzles. She doesn't get out of bed anymore. She used to. And um, she's, she watches some TV, but not too much. And when she watches TV, she watches men golfing. I said, Doris, that would put me to sleep. And she says, it doesn't put me to sleep. 103 years old. Wow. The psalmist in Psalm 90 is saying, please understand that life basically is brief. And so Lord, he prays the Lord and says, teach us to number our days. To remember that we're not going to live on forever here. We will live forever with the Lord. But help us to make good use of our time here. To be thinking in the coming year of things that we would like to do for the Lord. Perhaps for someone else that they might grow closer to the Lord because our time here is basically brief. Um, it's not very wise, in other words, he's saying, to waste time. We should use time wisely. Now, again, that Ephesians 5.16, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. John made an emphasis on that. After he read, he couldn't help but make an emphasis there. Now, Paul said that back in the days of the apostles. What do we say today? Are the days real good? No, the days we live in evil days. In fact, 
Think this over with me, if you would, please. <clears throat> in Matthew twenty-four thirty-seven, Jesus said this, As it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark, and they did not know until the flood came and took them away, so also shall it be with the coming of the Son of Man. You know, we are amongst those who are looking for the return of Christ. And he could come today. He really could. And that's another reason why we should be careful how we live. Uh, it's not meant to be a negative uh, um, command to us. It's meant to be an encouraging command. God blesses us with days and with time. And um, we just need to think from time to time. Am I using my time wisely? God wants us to do that. The beautiful thing is that Jesus said before he comes back again, things on earth are not going to be better and better and better. Things on earth are going to be deteriorating and deteriorating and deteriorating. Like the approval of the killing of babies in the womb. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to realize it's not what God wants. God tells us that human life is a gift from Him. And here you have people who are way up in our government who feels that it's okay. We see that's part of the deterioration of society until the Lord comes. Very interesting. Noah's message, by the way, uh, his message of salvation was this. Enter the ark and you'll be saved. If you don't enter the ark, you'll be lost. Well, our message is similar. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There is a day of judgment coming in the future. One of the time passages mentions this. There's a day of judgment coming in the future. But we who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're not going to be in that judgment. We're going to go to the presence of the Lord. And that's an awesome thing to understand. The Bible tells us that Noah walked with God. And we as believers, we need to walk with God. We need to uh, spend time with Him. That's a wise use of our time. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Did she not? Moses went up on the mountain to appear before the Lord. The Lord Jesus himself, it says in Mark chapter 1, he would take time and go out very early in the morning and he would pray to the Father in heaven. And so if these uh, needed time with God, certainly we know we need time with God. We don't want to be neglecting that in the coming year. In fact, it does take time, if you're going to think about it, a lot of you would say, well, you know, I, I know there's certain things I have to do tomorrow, the next day, so I plan in the evening. Well, that's good. That's wise. But even to get started on a new day, it takes time to properly prepare our hearts. And that's why God encourages us to go to Him in prayer. When you wake up in the morning, you, some of you may say, well, I don't have time for uh, have my devotions in the morning. That may be true from your perspective. That's all right. But we should take time every day to talk to the Lord. And uh, sometimes people will say, when you encourage them to open their Bibles every day and do some praying every day, they'll say, well, I just can't find time. Hmm. I like what 
Charles Burton, who was uh, a member of the British Parliament and a writer, said this. This is beautiful. He said, you will never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make time. Did you catch what he said? Yeah. We have to make time for things that we know God wants us to do. And, you know, we don't find it. We make it. And this is for me. Uh, We need to be real careful how we use our time. Uh, Very much so. Just quickly, and I mean very quickly, 3, 1, and 17 in Ecclesiastes says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the sun. 3.17 of Ecclesiastes, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. There really is. It's good for us to know this, that there is a time for the things uh, God wants us to do. There's a time for every purpose and for every work that God gives us to do. And in that context, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he's even saying there's coming a time in the future that there will be judgment. A lot of people don't believe it. Oh, when you die, you die like a dog and there's no life after this. So wrong. So wrong. There is a judgment in the future. And we don't have to enter in the judgment of eternal condemnation if we know Jesus as Savior. But the, the writer uh, Solomon said, there is a time of judgment in the future. And some people don't believe it. Well, you remember when Noah built the ark and he built that ark, by the way, on dry land? He wasn't close to a body of water. And he would say, you know, God has said he's going to judge the peoples of the earth because of their iniquity and their sin. And people would laugh at Noah. And he'd say, well, this guy, he really, he, he, he's got some real needs, you know. <laughs> they were the ones with the needs. They needed the Lord. And he would say, in fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he preached righteousness. Noah wasn't negative. All he said was, you know, God has revealed to us that there will be a judgment that will come upon the earth and there will be a great flood. And uh, come with me into the ark. The ark is a type of Jesus Christ. And today we encourage people to trust the same Jesus that we trust in as Lord and Savior. We won't go into more detail. I want to just mention the last key time verse, Acts 17, 26. From one man he made every nation of man, that they should live and inhabit the whole earth. Now notice the next phrase. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. How many people do you think understand that? That the nations of the earth, God was in control of their establishment and even the boundaries of their lands. God was in control of that. That should encourage us. Every nation in the world, at its beginning, was under the sovereign control of God. Psalm 103, verse 19 says, The throne of God is in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. How awesome to know that. So this morning, we're concerned about 
being in Iraq. We're concerned about Iran. And I do believe, as you hear from time to time, that the biggest enemy of the United States is not Iran. You know what it is. I think I'll hold and not say it. So you have to think about it a little bit more. The biggest enemy of the United States is not Iran. But we're concerned of things that happened over there, aren't we? We're very concerned. But who's in sovereign control? If I didn't put it in your notes, you could jot down Psalm 103, verse 19. It's there. Thank you. So, by way, before we come to the table together, we know that God is in sovereign control. The nations of the earth, I like to think of it this way. Sometimes people say, you know, man can do a lot of bad things. And a lot of bad things can happen, but we say God's in control. And he is. Here's how we want to look at it. If you'll kind of draw a big circle, just draw this huge big circle, and imagine and see people and nations in that circle. Well, yeah, they're, they're doing what they want to do sometimes. But God is sovereign over all that. He's sovereign over that big circle. And God has worked in our lives, and he's allowed us to move around in that circle. And thank the Lord that he allowed you to come to faith in Jesus. If somebody came along and told you about the Lord Jesus Christ, how awesome that is. It's wonderful. Here's the verse that I promised to give you that you should write down somewhere on your sheet. It's Psalm 31, verse 15, which says, My times are in your hands. Jot it down. Psalm 31:15. As you go into the new year, yes, the challenge is be careful how you use your time. Use your time wisely. Remember that life is brief. Be ready always to do the will of God. These are good things that come from these verses. But please don't ever forget, my times are in God's hands. Ecclesiastes 3, and I didn't take the time on it, it says there's a time to be born and a time to die. And that time to die is as well in God's hands. And there are references in the Bible who state, uh, which state clearly that God is the one who's sovereign over birth and death. And for the Christian to be absent from the body is to be at home or present with the Lord. We thank him that he has revealed to us many things in his word to encourage us as we look into a new year that day by day he's going to give us the strength and the wisdom to do his will. If we'll stay close to him, if we'll take time every day, let me encourage you to do that. Take time every day to be with the Lord. Let's pause for prayer together.